0: mindset podcast we're your guide as you make your way through life getting better one percent every day we believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity nothing easy is ever worth it we believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path There you go. So Rick and Morty, yeah, the new the new one came out. Um, the the <laughs> time the time uh, the the focus on time and how time is affected differently for different people enough. Uh, I mean, alone was was cool just about that episode. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then uh, Nimbus was this Nimbus? Yeah, Nimbus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was that was fantastic. Thanks for that. <laughs> The premise behind the arch nemesis of Nimbus, like mm-hmm. it felt like it was a that that was multi-layered because <laughs> it, it was, was like it was poking fun of the arch nemesis like, mm-hmm. arcs that are in shows and whatnot, but also
0: yeah, like wait a minute, why have we heard about this guy? It's Like, don't yeah. worry about it; he's my arch nemesis. Yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But it, it, there are a lot of things like when the oh, what were they doing when when he was. Oh, well, when kept going to get the wine and the time portal and, and, and all that, that was, stuff was taking place. That was absurd. Uh, but it, it, it's... I i was very intoxicated when I was watching <laughs> it. But <laughs> uh, it stuck out to me that they're their arch nemesis and Rick's trying to like keep this dude calm for some reason. <laughs> and it... it, it well the, this is so far out in my field. But what resonated with me is like, they're arch, their arch enemies. Or he's an arch nemesis. We don't know who he is, but you, they haven't, inter- hadn't interacted for really for a long, yeah, long time, right? Clearly, so, years. So time changes people. Time, since time is an artificial construct we created, there's a potential for people to just not follow a specific type of timeline, in, right? In a sense, like even develop. This is gonna sound weird, Gene. So bear with me. Uh, <laughs> you can develop. Different, a brand new mindset and it's going to alter a quote-unquote timeline to where over time it heals all wounds mm-hmm. in, in, in a fashion so you know the whole the, the old it made me think about the old saying of you know we'll look back on this and laugh about it it's like that is actually a deeper sentence than we really give it credit for
0: yep time heals all wounds So oh, yeah <laughs> yeah and <coughs> What was fascinating about that episode, though, is that day before, I was literally having a conversation with a with a friend of mine about how time uh, in business is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you, you might send a proposal or an email out, and then they may take four or five days to respond to you, and you think you've been fired Yeah, because they haven't respired, responded the next day. But for you, the time is different because you need it. But for them, the time is different because they're like not really in a big hurry.
1: Yeah, or, or right? they but, super busy.
0: Yeah, either either way, it's like just how it's interpreted. And I love watching the um, the the little subplot of the the Narnia world or wherever they were. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like Father, Duh- <laughs> he he's telling the truth. It really exists. That was funny. Yeah, that yeah. was
1: that was really funny. I,
0: Meanwhile, that, Rick's just trying to make the wine taste better.
1: Yeah, dude, that was. <laughs> How, how they were able to combine a rapidly moving alternate universe relative to the Earth timeline, the Earth universe. That's was so crazy. Spectacular. And for Morty to become this, like, demonic entity that tortured this timeline, uh, almost like a Mothman. Uh, a I moth, know. Mothman prophet, prophet? No, no, no. What, what's that? It's called the, moth, the Mothman,
0: right? Yeah, the Mothman, Mothman.
1: yeah. Yeah. So, like, be something like that, or... <laughs> That was just a genius.
0: I think there's a reason why uh, Marvel's hiring away all of the Rick and Morty writers to write for the new, whatever, the Phase 5 or 4, whatever they're in. I don't know if you read that. I didn't know. Yeah, I I just read that uh, yesterday, actually. It's like three of them they've hired away to write, like, Ant-Man and some of this other, Mm -hmm. like, because it's all time-based. Like, the Loki stuff, one of the guys works on Loki, and it's interesting. Really? So. Mm -hmm. But Rick and Morty's been playing with the time, time subplot and storyline for what? Oh, since they started. Ten years, yeah.
1: yeah. you you didn't know which Rick you were following until. You still don't. Yeah. Well, not really. That's true. Yeah. But it, they didn't get, they weren't identified until what season two? Mm-hmm. Was it? No. What was the first episode of the, the Citadel of Ricks? Was that in the second season?
0: I think it was second season. Yeah. Wow. That's
1: that's ingenious.
0: Yeah, you don't even know, like, what reality we're in.
1: That's fucking phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and then they have the the dream reality too, with the scary Terry stuff, and like, there's a whole other sub thing. Uh, uh, It's crazy. Oh, (laughs) dude. So, uh, part of that, uh, you probably have a good habit built of watching Rick and Morty. Well,
1: yeah, that's. I'm probably not. I probably don't watch it as much as. I honestly would like to and I'm going to say need to because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I struggle. I've been on this, not a struggle bus, but I've I've, <laughs> I've, I've been on a, a, a journey of trying to keep in mind. I don't know what people are going through day to day. I don't know what their life involves. I don't know what it entails. I don't know if, they, if their grandpa just died or their mom just died or they won a million dollars. You get so enveloped in your own reality and journey that you forget the pain that others are struggling with. And that was this, that was close to what I was kind of leaning towards with the Rick and Morty episode is, you know, Rick or Morty kept going back and forth from that dimension, not knowing what these people had gone through because Mm -hmm. like Morty kind of created it in a sense. But yeah, from Morty's perspective, they just look fucking stupid. (laughs) And from our perspective, we see this like pain across this culture. And Across and generations, generations, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That made me think about like, you know, for everyone listening, like COVID opinions aside or whatnot, I was mailing something. I've been selling a lot of Pokemon cards mm-hmm. uh, from all my duplicates and whatnot. And when all the, when the prices of the Pokemon cards went nuts, and those people tried to shoot each other over cards, I started selling mine for cheaper than market value, mm. so people could have some for their kids. Uh, all my extra crap and. I was mailing them off and I went to the post office and it was a while back to where it was a federal law to wear, or not a federal law, but in a federal building, it was mandated to wear a mask and a post office is a federal building. And I guess it was like each building or each federal post office or each post office could run it however they wanted or what. I I don't really know. I just kind of did what I was told, but my wife had me do and I was wearing a mask because I'm a good boy. Mm. And you're you're not an asshole. Well,
0: I mean, come I mean,
1: on. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but like this, there was this one dude in there that wasn't wearing one. And the clerks behind the desk said, hey, you know, please put a mask on. And this guy says, I don't need to put on a fucking mask. You don't need to know the reason why. Like, <laughs> that was his response. Not like, oh, hey, my bad. Or, no, I'm not going to. Like, right? well, cause it's kind of like, you no, know, no shirt, no shoes, no service type of deal back then. Mm-hmm. Right? They said, okay, well, if you're not going to wear a mask, like, you have to leave. Like, we're going to serve you or whatnot. And this guy just got up in this clerk's face, and I'm gonna give you a reference point. This guy who was getting upset was a like a five foot six, five foot seven, portly white dude who had a toupee that wasn't fooling anybody. (laughs) And the clerk that he was yelling at was a six foot three, probably 280 pound black dude. Wow! And and not like that guy's brave. Not a chubby 280 pounds. This dude was massive, like a guy I wouldn't want to fight, mostly because I don't know how to fight, but. The clerk got super pissed where he came around the counter and got, well, I guess, chin to forehead with this <laughs> little white dude. And the white <laughs> was like this isn't worth this isn't worth your life being ended and whatnot and mm. me and another guy had to like physically separate the two of them and like what wow. are you doing? Like this is stupid. Right. Turns out that the clerks were so adamant about them wearing it because they had a coworker die like two days before of COVID or I don't know if how do you believe of COVID or actually of COVID? It, it doesn't matter to me. It's the fact that somebody died and it mm-hmm. was labeled with COVID. Right. And this dude is berating them and one of their best friends just died. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's terrible. That's bad human being. It's yes. being a bad human being. And it, it's resonated with me so much. And mm. that episode, the Rick and Morty episode reminded me even more of it. Like I got really pissed at the Swimmers the other day and like i have to keep in mind like no no person has lived through a pandemic while in school so like you, you and i can't say to our kids oh we right. know what it was like to be a teenager like, right we well, have no idea like, no gene we, we don't
0: yeah right <laughs> so, it's fundamentally different
1: yeah and like i don't know what the rates were in south carolina but like regionally we had uh, eight high school kids commit suicide mm-hmm. during the pandemic all equally, equally high, yeah. Yeah, it's it's terrible, man. Like no kid yeah. should feel that way, and it wasn't their fault. So, like, from a that's that's why I, I'm I'm now using all that to revert back to your yeah your habit question of watching Rick and Morty. That's why I feel I should or need to watch it a little more because every time I watch those episodes, even the ones that are just obnoxiously goofy <laughs> like there's a, there's a genuine degree of sincerity yes in there because yep. dan dan Harmon is a troubled person mm-hmm. and the, there's a message there if you try
0: to find it like you'll find it yeah it's not that deep in the show actually i'm sorry it's, just, it's not that deep in the show like those messages are oh yeah, they're, they're, they're they're right there you just have to pay attention yeah
1: they're transparent as all so get out.
0: you're talking about you're talking a lot about uh empathy and developing empathy for others i don't think that that started with you just by being in that post office i mean where does that where does that come from from you i mean i've talked to you for years and you've always been sort of focused on trying to feel what the other person is is doing
1: you know it started growing up for sure i mean Mm -hmm. my dad was a cop for almost 40 years my grandpa also for almost 40 years Mm. he was an umpire and also it was ingrained in my sister and myself to put others before self type of deal. Uh, but my wife, I give like 95% credit towards, mm-hmm. uh, at least in you know, recent years is specifically because seeing the stuff that she had to go through with her own mental struggles has been a big challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was raised in that sense with the I was raised a little bit as as a traditionalist where the man brings in the money type of deal. And if you're not the man bringing in the money, you suck. Um, Actually, that's not. My parents will always listen to this eventually, so I don't want to make them think that's what actually happened (laughs) because that's not fully true. But it gets the point across type of deal. Um, Yeah. And my wife taught me a lot of things in regards to empathy, observation, and developing that skill. And then, of course friendship interactions as well. I give you, I give yourself quite a bit of credit. Uh, Eve also, mm-hmm. Mark uh, over at Cotton Town, absolutely. That, that that dude is really quite a joy. Um, He's a great and, coach. Yeah, and then all these guys, let's see let get this. Training right. think tank, yeah. Yeah, there we go, all those guys too. Right. Uh, I mean, Max is, if there's a way for you to get Max on this podcast, like he has that same poster you have up with the warrior, the samurai, uh, mm-hmm. the samurai poster, right? With the uh, what does it say on it? I don't. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, you talking about Musashi?
0: Uh, I, bo- I believe so. Yeah, with the um, it, "Do not seek outside of yourself; everything is within."
1: That sounds right. Yeah. 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 I know he at least has. It, it's, There's lots it's, of
0: interpretations of it.
1: Okay, it's that one or mm-hmm. one that's very similar. Uh, man, next time I. I'll message yeah, you. Yeah, send me a picture of it. Yeah, um, but he he would fit in very well with your message cool. on this podcast if he ever has the time to, to yeah online it'd be and awesome. Do it. Uh, I know was, he has his own show. Yeah, he he likes to live by the warrior mindset. Honestly, uh, right? He's he's an incredibly philosophical being, but the the empathetic nature in developing empathy, I can honestly say, Gene hasn't really hit me hard until recently mm-hmm. uh, you know, last year with my best buddy dying mm-hmm. of, of cancer. You know, he was kind of the, the baseline developer of my character as a, as a developing mm-hmm. adults. So and I got to give him a shit ton of credit too, but that's always, it's that's important. always been there. Right. It just took interacting with several other good people to get it to finally solidify. and. <laughs> Finally, putting my my ego out the yeah. door and listening to my wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's important. Yeah, uh, it's it's a hard battle, man. I mean, I battle with it too. Um, and I saw you. We'll come back to this too. I saw you. Uh, it was about a year ago, I guess. I saw some videos you're putting up of you learning to fight. You're doing some boxing and some sparring. Um, <laughs> I we talk, it. I talk, you know, we have the damn podcast is called Warrior Mindset, and you use yeah. that those terms. A lot of people mix that up. They think, you know, warrior mindset, they think um this dude that's a fighter, it's like tough, they think UFC. Yeah. But it really is as much about that as it is about uh practicing your empathy, practicing yeah. working against your ego, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And in yeah. all the different sides of the ego, it's it's not just um trying to destroy your ego. It's also learning how to use it because it is also a useful tool, you know, because you can go, like we talk about humility a lot and you can go too far. You can be so humble that you just get walked over by everybody, yeah. you know, and, and you're no longer humble there. At that point, you're just, you know, you, you've lost the the thing that makes you the warrior, but, but to be able to walk that balance, that's the hard part in my yeah. opinion. It's that just, you know, using it, not abusing it.
1: <laughs> not true. It's, It's funny you say that because the dude who you see in the videos who's breaking my nose and knocking me out quite a bit, uh, (laughs) he uh, he said almost verbatim what you just said. He's been he's been involved with fighting since five, right? And he's 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 probably he says he's a shit fighter, but he's. More realistic, he's probably between that semi-pro to pro level. The
0: the best ones will say they're the worst. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, the be- the ones that say they're the best usually aren't that great.
1: Yeah, it's, it, there's a there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, he, he uh, I lost my train of thought. But hearing you say that, and then his, like, he he would say that as well. But you're, I mean, you're you're dead on i believe even objectively mm. you know, I, I i use that i believe <coughs> term loosely uh, through observation and listening and watching like, even the ufc homies i watched the main event mm-hmm. last month with oh uh, who was it uh, who was the italian guy in the onda on the soya yeah onda Soya, yeah and uh the Italian guy, I can't remember. But the Italian guy, he's the one who lived in the delusional world that he actually beat on the on, on. Yes, he and, did not win. Yeah. No. And it was like, <laughs> what was the what was the decision like? Thirty to twenty five, yeah. or thirty two to twenty five, yeah. or something like that. Clear but loss. He, yeah, he was so wrapped up in, I'm better than you. I'm rage fueled, and, and, mm-hmm. said, and like whether he's on a substance or not, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, and maybe he was, but you know, who isn't? Yeah. Uh, it, it's. Being able to find that balance, Gene, is, is remarkable. And I feel yeah. like that fight alone showcased it, the balance yeah. of humility and skill. Because, mm-hmm. like, Soya poked him in the eye and kicked him in the nuts on accident. It was like, hey, bro, like, my bad. I'm really sorry. And then the Italian guy was like, fuck you. And he's yeah. like, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know the difference. <laughs> you could tell the difference if it was on purpose or not. Yeah. You just can't. Even at that level. It's kind of funny to watch. So. Yeah. But it's a it's an interesting thing, man. I mean, so what what are you I mean, what are some of the things you do to try to I guess remain grounded? I mean, you you know, you, you you're telling a story about something you witness in the, hmm. the post office. I mean, do you look at it as like you should just be life's observer or do you actively try to work on on some things?
1: The past year. During COVID, it was it was an active pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, Gene, there were a lot of things about me that I, I guess I subconsciously kept hidden from even yourself and Eve and everyone at, and everyone that I would first met at the gym, because like there were things that my that my wife was pointing out and that's even some of my better friends are pointing out of, of my mentality, my mental state that just were not ideal for being a good human being. And and at the time mm. I was like, okay, fuck you guys. And this past, <laughs> right. this past year was like, oh, they were right. <laughs> mm. And I had I wrote my wife an eight almost eight and a half page paper, front and back eight and a half mm. pages, on my vows to become a better man, a better person, husband. God, I, husband, I love that. Dad, whatever. And like, it was difficult for her. To, it took a while for her to buy in that I was going to do this. I had done that before. Like, hey, I'm going to change.
0: And right.
1: A week and a half later, I'm back to the way I was. Right. I, I, can, I can honestly say with full confidence, like I am not the human being I was a year ago. That's uh, incredible. And I, if, if someone sees it differently, I want them to tell me. Because I, everybody, everybody gets uh, well, so complacent. Mm-hmm. And accepting a kick in the butt is life-changing. And it can be something as minor as, "Hey, you picked your nose differently that time." Oh, my bad. <laughs> Let me go back to how I did it. Right. And, this, that and the other. So, like that—that that led a bunch—a bunch, a bunch of—that led down a bunch of paths of trial and error, or laid down a bunch of paths of trial and error, to where my, like my slate of character, my metaphorical slate of character, was completely shattered. And I've been picking up very meticulous shards and putting them together. Wow. Um, and I would say that I'm probably maybe a quarter, twenty-five to fifty percent rebuilt. Uh, and restructured, like solidified and, and, and knowing mm-hmm. like what's working, what's not. And when I say knowing, I use it loosely because the main thing that keeps me grounded, Gene, is accepting two th- three things. One, I know absolutely nothing. And I accept that fully. Knowing nothing is a wonderful art of never, never being stressed out from a standpoint of uh, letting yourself and letting others down. Like, hey, I don't know anything. But we can try this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that worked. Hey, that didn't work. Okay, we can move on mm-hmm. uh, to something else. Uh, the other thing is accepting that. Hey, Dan, you're mis- You're behaving a certain way. You need to stop. All right, my bad. I- I- I'll I'll revisit that. Accountability. Last year definitely taught me how to be accountable just by watching what the hell is going on on TV. Yeah. Um, and then the-, the the third one is just putting my wife first. My wife is my, my, Rachel's my world. And the fact that part of me was missing that is really embarrassing.
0: Really embarrassing.
1: Mm.
0: That's incredible. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's great. The three main points. So, you know, wow, that's awesome, man. So what, what made you, I mean, if you don't want to answer, it's fine. But what made you even consider, I mean, first off, you're not unique in the fact that you made some promises and then you know, a week later. <laughs> you oh, were, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, that's my like every week, you know, like we're all yeah. like that. I think everyone's like that. That's not something to necessarily be ashamed of, but also you've, you clearly made a big jump. So what, I mean, what was the, what was the catalyst there? You know, you just had enough.
1: I, I've been working on pinpointing that. That's kind of okay. been the next project. And it's been kind of a twofold the main one has been listening to the things my wife has been telling me about the person that I've been and how I would handle. I mean, Rachel suffers, as you well know, greatly from depression and anxiety mm. from her past. And I never handled that well at mm. all. Um, like instead of trying to figure out how to help her, I would just get frustrated and angry and yell at her because. Right. Well, I don't. I don't understand why you can't do this, that, and the other. That sentence, I don't understand you know, X, Y, and Z. Just because it's something different from your view, from your viewpoint, it makes me angry. Now, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to fucking understand. Try to help the person. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that 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 was probably, I'd say that's uh, accounts for more than fifty percent of it. Is just listening to my wife's words. You know, awesome. if, I, if I'm going to say something and I'm going to ridicule her at any point and I feel I have a reason to say that, well, she has a reason to say that I'm being a piece of shit.
0: Mm.
1: It's like, oh, huh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, and with that, that has honestly turned – you know how uh, people in, in relationships, married people, even just dating people, like, they'll kind of throw their spouse or their significant other under the bus. Like, oh, I showed up late because, you know, my wife was powdering her nose. Yeah, I hear people do it all the time. It pisses me off. Yeah, why? Like, why does that happen? Why are you talking? You married this person. This person married down to you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why are you throwing your significant other under the bus? I don't understand it. Not cool. Like, now that's something we can accept. I don't understand. We don't have to understand that shit. I'm never going to. Right. I I don't want to understand it because I'm just going to get raged. Like you you think it's okay to shit talk your wife mm-hmm. or your husband. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love, it. I love that. <laughs> the the other thing that's kind of, I guess it's a threefold and they're both shorter. I've been having a high, one of the high school kids come to the garage every single day. And he's been, I mean, we didn't start lifting, lifting, but he's yeah. understanding movements and moving yeah. weights a little bit. And this, and this Cause he wants to swim in college and he's really good. Um, Getting a high school kid's perspective on life with adults Mm. is remarkably educational. I mean, because high school kids, when they're not your own kids, there's so much we can learn from them.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: We as adults, we put up our defenses with high school kids and teenagers because when they make fun of us, they're mostly right. Yeah. And we don't like that. But hearing them say that and accept like, hey... Like you yelled at me for no reason. Like the fuck's wrong with you, Coach Dan? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> You're I'm, right. I did yell at you for no reason, and I'm sorry. Like,
0: there yeah, days... I, I get I get tired of people putting down millennials. Like, oh,
1: yeah,
0: like well, it's just like, like come on, like he, they're they're not you. You know, yeah, I'm right, I'm Gen yeah. X. There's like two other degrees of like ennials or whatever between me and those people. Yeah. And and let's not forget that they're not kids anymore. Millennials are like they're in their thirties.
1: Yeah, I'm a millennial. Yeah, yeah I mean like yeah.
0: I just get I just get tired of it because it's like they're just different. They're not doing it the same way. They're not making. They're not fucking shit up the same way you fucked it up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> let through. them fuck it up in their own way. Yeah. And then they'll fix it in their own way, just like you did.
1: Yeah. Let us hit rock bottom like you I did, mean, and we'll move on because
0: that's how it, you it, learn.
1: It, and honestly, Gene, I think part of it's starting to show already because my generation, the millennial generation, like. The creation of social media Mm -hmm. has been a big problem. Yep. Like that's been a strong leading cause and a lot of mental anguish and harm for the generation below me. Yep. So I I hope, I think we're learning from that in a sense, but I also don't know um, because. Same kid that comes over, he put something on social media that was kind of stupid, and mm-hmm. it went viral, and now no. it, has, it has almost completely ruined his chances of swimming in college because of one mistake, and it wasn't even a huge deal. Shit. He didn't drop the in bomb He wasn't racist. He didn't say, you know, fuck humanity. i going to drain their souls. It was, <laughs> it was a dumb thing that he said about some of the people that was recruiting him for swimming, and mm-hmm. now there's only three schools that are even still talking to him. Damn. And that's it's a real bummer, because he deserves a chance he's a 16 17 year old kid yeah he's gonna make a mistake don't turn your back yeah on. i'm helping
0: yeah he's not an adult yet no <laughs> come on man no. i'm with you man it's funny how uh most of our problems in life are generated uh, oh what'd you do
1: i hit my elbow on the barbell Sorry. oh don't do that yeah i got the bench set up. So... oh look at where you are
0: yeah nice in, in the garage nice yeah. i see that is that climbing wall
1: yeah it's a six foot by seven foot bouldering wall that my a uh badass
0: home gym sir
1: well it's a i keep it because it's write off <laughs> i love it the swimmers come here i'm 1099 with a team so i can i love it, it, all it. Off. i love it i mean irs i don't write it off <laughs> <laughs> you should no i
0: do it's all totally legal
1: no i yeah, <laughs> <It is. laughs> TurboTax said it's okay.
0: Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a trick, but it's not because because oh, yeah. you enjoy it. <laughs> it's true.
1: Fifteen thousand dollar write off. Yeah, thing. hell yeah, man.
0: What were you saying? I'm sorry. I was gonna say I, it's it's funny how most of the problems that we create in our life are simply created because of our arrogance. Yeah. Like, there's really no other reason. It's... Most of the shit we get into is because we're arrogant.
1: It's a bummer. It's 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 a bummer to not be able to push our arrogance out of the window. A- yeah. a- arrogance is okay to not, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like cortisol, right? It's, it's yeah. a very important hormone to have. It's a very important attribute to have. That's a right. a degree of arrogance. However, how it's appropriately applied can make a big difference.
0: It's like you need enough to believe in yourself enough to try something, but not too much to where you think you're the best at it before you even do it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and it, it, whatever word you want to use, you know, arrogance, um, privilege, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it it kind of raises its ugly head in many, many different forms.
1: Yeah, it's.
0: How do you deal with that as a coach? Now, I'm a coach. Uh, I think the, if you're any of my athletes to listen to this, I <laughs> respect you and I love you. But Dan coaches people that are on a slightly higher level than we're used to. Um, oh, I don't know about that. I, I think you do. But um, how do you deal with that? Or do you find that it, at, at that level, it's not really an issue?
1: Oh, it's a big issue. Okay. Um, and not the, the, there's a shared mentality with the elite level. And when I say elite level, I'm talking Olympian uh, game, CrossFit games level, you know, input mm-hmm. equivalent to quote unquote pro level athlete here. There is a shared mindset of humility across the board, right? Honestly, however, there are a a handful that they they, they just suck. Um, so <laughs>
0: they suck when, in what way? Like they suck the personality, or they suck? Yeah. Okay.
1: And my my goal as a coach is now transformed from not a programming aspect, but from a mental growth aspect. So, uh, be like water. Uh, <laughs> read the Tao Te Ching. Yeah. Right? right. Did I say that right? Yep. Okay. It's, there's a There's a TED Talk called "Be Like Water" that came mm-hmm. out years ago. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I, I refer to it frequently. And <clears throat> with the the elite level, we my my goal is to help them define things, categorize things. Like, uh, for example. People say this sentence. I should be here. Well, who says? <clears throat> who who says you should be at this skill set? Who says that you should be able? Let's just use. Let's just use a, a weightlifting parameter. Let's just use a five hundred pound deadlift. I should be deadlifting five hundred pounds. Okay? Says, why do you say that? Well, I've been working on it for. Two months now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's think about the time frame in which this, in, in which the physiological components and anatomical components start to actually right. grow to the degree of being able, let's say your baseline, data, if it's 300 pounds, go from 300 to 500. That's so a big they, jump. Right. They say, <laughs> well... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll revisit it. Okay. Okay. Well, let's do that. So we'll talk a little bit about that and like, okay So after two months realistically, where do you believe that you should be and genuinely their answer is I don't know and That that is my goal as a coach is to get people to say those three words because it, it is Objectively the most difficult phrase to say
0: because you know the power it's had for you.
1: Absolutely and there's a lot of really unique survey data on that phrase Mm. i don't know well why don't you know i'm not sure well let's figure this out and if Mm. we don't we don't if we do we do and then we can move on it's it's a people are so afraid to say those three words that when they do it makes them think more Mm. um so gene when i said earlier how do you define right and wrong i i will ask people to do that like the right lifting mechanic, the right stroke mechanic, something as subjective as just baseline movement with relative to their sport, right. or even relative to their ability to process things. Mm. What's the right way to read a book? What's the <clears throat> right way to, to swim freestyle? What's the right way to pick up a barbell? Right. Oh, well this way. Well, are you sure? Is it working for you? Well, not really. Okay. Then let's, let's And that's the wrong it. way for you. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. You, even then, Gene, every, most of the people you and I work with are adults. Mm-hmm. So we can't treat them like kids. And I mean, maybe you can. I can't. <laughs> no, I, it doesn't work well. <laughs> no, it's, if anything, it just turns people away really yeah, quickly. Yeah, it makes so, them really mad. So, so turning everything into a game, just like we do for kids, works with adults. It's just a different level of mm-hmm. processing. So th- at least that's what I've found with the, the higher level is whenever they reach that point of, I, I should be doing this based off of that. Like, well, why? Mm. Who says? Right. Well, I says. Like, well, let's reevaluate this. <laughs> let's think about it. And then they start right. to go from a subjective mindset to an objective mindset. That's where I've actually seen a lot of performance-based success mm. across, across the board with every single person. Grid huh. level, cr- grid, CrossFit, swimming. Even even when I was uh, doing Little 500 stuff at IU, uh, that's when I, I guess I was, slowly doing that with a few people because one of them had mentioned it and i was surprised because i just thought i was an idiot back then <laughs> well no back then i thought i knew everything <laughs> I, was, I was i was young and in college right i was a genius yeah everybody is yeah every, everybody is well that's
0: how <laughs> most businesses are started man most businesses are started because you're gonna do it better than the other guy oh, yeah. you know and yeah, yeah. I, in my opinion yeah, that's uh fair. yeah and then then you quickly realize oh, it's hard to do that. <laughs> like, Maybe they know something.
1: So Gene, what do, whenever people aspire to get into the fitness world, or even in karate, or, or let's just say being being entrepreneur as well, any of those three mm-hmm. uh, or anything along the lines of that, when they start and they think, you know, I want to be the very best like no one ever was, to catch them as my real test, to train them as my cause, Pokemon. <laughs> whenever <laughs> Whenever they get to that point of, like, I'm going to be the best, so I'm going to – I want to be – they compare themselves. I'm going to be the next Michael Phelps. I'm going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, why don't you be the next Gene Crawford? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger honestly said it best in Pumping Iron. Like He, he put all of this stuff out there. I mean, none of his lifting was a secret. None right. of his mechanisms were secretive. That's right. But he said, you can take this. But you're not gonna do it better than me. Like that's just how it's gonna be. So I right. kind of play that in line with what you said about the business thing. Like I'm gonna like be better it. than everybody else. It's the same thing. Oh shit, maybe I won't be, even though you're taking the same model as what's working for a different business. Because they're already that they're already there. They're already yeah. there and
0: they're already the best. Like you 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 they and they've got years of experience on you. Yeah. Like how how do you expect like Arnold Schwarzenegger, how do you expect to be better than that guy? It's in, in what he did. Mm-hmm. You can't.
1: No. Uh, you, you have to find what works for you. For That's me. right. You know, business, training, eating, parenting. Mm-hmm. Input thing here, dude.
0: Like it's This, this just, is this is a little sidebar and I know you you live in the CrossFit world. But <clears throat> that you think about like Matt Fraser. Huh? And you think about Matt Froning. Rich, Rich Froning. Jesus, sorry. Rich Froning and Matt Frazier. Mm-hmm. Rich Froning came first. Greatest of all time, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Matt Frazier came along. He's now the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, this is not a LeBron versus uh, Michael Jordan conversation. No, sure, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> because I think they both are, but they're different, mm-hmm. right? They've done it differently. They're different people. They, yeah. they're, he did not do it the same way Rich did.
1: No, not at all. Right? Yeah.
0: Right. So if he just basically tried to be Rich, there's already a Rich. What he did is he came out and he was Matt Frazier.
1: Yeah, and he says that in one of the documentaries,
0: I'm stealing it from him. You watched the same one, damn it. Oh, I did? <laughs> no, I was kidding. Well, probably. Uh, but yeah, I heard it on the same. It was a... Uh,
1: well, was it a Buttery Bros one or was it one of the earlier ones?
0: I think it was Buttery Brothers. Was yeah, it? that's exactly what he said. Um, I just find it interesting because most of us get caught up in that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I had a... So we have a kid on our swim team. He's Russian. That This kid's been through hell. He was in the Russian orphanage. And was a part of Russian foster care. Wow. Has cerebral palsy. Now, in the stories, and this is only based off the stories he has told me, but, like, the stuff that he had to encounter as a Russian kid with cerebral palsy in an orphanage, like, he was beat a lot. Wow. And he, whoops, he, uh, he always talks about being the next Ryan Lochte. I'm the next Ryan Lochte. I'm Ryan Lochte Jr., like why don't you be the next Jan probably like you can you, you you are setting your sights yeah. too too low and he because of all the hell he's been through he is the single most positive and uplifting person you'll ever meet in your life and like he he had to have a surgery so he could actually walk with only a cane and wow. he barely he barely uses the cane and <clears throat> this is a true story our pool gets too cold sometimes for him and like, he's if you were to look at him from the waist up, he's a Russian bodybuilder. He is massive. Wow, the dude, can do 40 pull ups unbroken straight. Wow. Yeah, he's huge, and his hands are like the size of my leg. He's a massive kid. He's only 17 years old, he's 18 years old. Wow, but the pool was too cold. He grabbed a pair of 10 pound plates and did bicep curls non stop for an hour and a half by choice. I and mean, it's not going to really benefit him in the water, but this is a mere fact that he sat his ass on the bench, picked up 2 two 10-pound plates, and did alternating curls, bicep curls, for an hour and a half. Hour and a half, Gene. <laughs>
0: That's a long time.
1: Exactly. Now, that is being the next Jan Babayuski. Yes. Not the next Ryan Lochte. Yes. So, now, and once he started getting out of that mindset of I'm the next Ryan Lochte, he's actually only like a second or two off of making the Paralympics. Wow. When he was almost a minute off of several
0: events. That's inc- that's incredible.
1: Yeah, like he's he's a baller. Make me sad if you ever said I want to be the next Dan Jackson. Gene, it, I would I wouldn't win, <laughs> but I, I do want to be it. the next Dan Jackson. I'm going to come over and beat you up. <laughs> now obviously we know that wouldn't happen cuz you'd probably like sweep kick me and then oh, my spine would explode. No, you're too nice of a
0: guy. It. You would just make me feel bad. You wouldn't beat me up.
1: <laughs> well, we know I wouldn't beat you up, period, even and if I'm I actually... <laughs> <laughs> You'd do some, like, Mortal Kombat fatality type thing. Oh, obviously. my goodness. <laughs> uh, now, it's... It, it, it's a bummer when people say that. Yeah. It, it's nice to hear whenever the kids get out of that mindset. Like, the kid that's been coming to the garage that since July, like he's done a lot of soul-searching and... You know, when you're done recording, I'll kind of share with you, yeah, you know, some of the conversations I've been ha- having with him because they're That's not. Cool. People shouldn't be hearing, honestly, some of the, gotcha. the stuff right. that was said. It's none of their business. Yeah. Um. But I don't. I don't mean that to be rude. This is. I'm not going to no. share things about a 17 yep. year old kid.
0: Yep. You're a coach, man. That's how it goes. <laughs>
1: um. But it's a it's a tough game. To help other people win. As an adult, a kid, yeah. you know, whatever, to accept them for, I'm gonna be the next Gene Crawford. I'm gonna be the next Becky or mm-hmm. uh, Heather or Eve or Dave mm-hmm. or input name here. Right. Right. I, uh, what what kind of stuff do you do to help people get through that?
0: Uh, you, m- you mean their arrogance? Well, <laughs> oh, their <they're laughs>
1: arrogance, they're... or, or like, we'll do the we'll do both then, like the arrogance side of things, as well as the I want to be the next uh, hoist Gracie. Uh, well, you know? yeah. Oh,
0: good. Nice, uh, jujitsu reference there. <laughs> um, well, you know, the, the first part, um, I struggle with that as a coach. I do, um, I, I find that the martial arts, though, the teaching. Um, a, I approach martial arts more from a teaching standpoint than a coaching standpoint, and I know that's not necessarily a big difference. And you're probably like, "There's no difference, bro," but um,
1: well, I have no idea.
0: I think martial arts—I don't care if it's karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, muay thai, whatever, wrestling, boxing—it isn't. It is purpose-built to destroy your ego. Really? I think it is because um, fighting is at the core right and you now you do have people that will inherently just have talent they'll be good at it and their arrogance level will go up you i mean we were talking about that before the show we see that in ufc yeah um but you see it in anything but from a you know normal human being standpoint i think it's purpose built in there because uh in any good any good martial art instructor any good school you're gonna have your ass handed to you on a regular basis
1: yeah yeah. You learn
0: that firsthand. I watched some of your videos, and I'm listening to you talk. There's nothing more humbling than thinking you finally have some shit figured out, and then a person that weighs half as you just comes in and annihilates you,
1: oh, it breaks your nose, knocks you out, and you're just like, "What?" Like, yeah, oh yeah, it's and it's, it's so remarkably mm-hmm. appreciated, dude. I love getting my ass handed it is every day.
0: And and the thing is, the thing for me that martial arts has taught me. Um early on in my in my my journey studying and practicing, I thought I was Billy badass, right? I would mm. I would judge people. I'd be like, I could take that guy, I could take that guy. like if something happened, I'd be okay. But as you progress and you you get humbled enough, you you, you learn to don't not take anyone for granted. like oh, yeah. anybody any, anybody's granddad or grandma could wind up oh. be able to just tie you into knots and destroy you and you have to respect everyone. Um, from that level. And I, I think that's one of the things that that's why I love martial arts so much now, you know, uh, CrossFit and competing, um, you can have the same thing. I mean, there's a, there's a very valid parallel there. Mm-hmm. Um, I 100%. think you get right. humbled a lot, especially if you're really trying and really trying to reach those next levels, um, in your performance, you you can get there.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Um, especially in, in the CrossFit world. I mean, even Matt Fraser gets beat Yeah, uh, in, in a workout. Uh, yep. he, he, the reason why that dude won by 200 plus points for the past, I think, three years, was because he knows that people will beat him, mm-hmm. and he accepts that. But he mm-hmm. still tries to work on. I mean, he still wants to win. Yeah. And you know, that that's that's a little less rare. Uh, excuse me, it's a little more rare to see that degree of humility in like time-based sports. You know, I. E. Right. If you're the best in the world in swimming you know no one can touch you. It's really, really difficult to develop that humility. But the mm-hmm. ones who have the humility and the ones who want others to be successful are the ones who continue to be the fastest, minus a few, that's right. but that's based off of, <clears throat> um, I'm not going to name drop, but based off of personal encounters with certain individuals on the U.S. On the US Olympic team, mm-hmm. I could do without them.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and, and like, like, like I said, man, you know, in martial arts, you're going to have it too, you know, you're going to have the best and they're going to run their mouth and they're, you know, you get it in fighting as well. I, I imagine the Olympics is a pretty good parallel, which like take UFC, for example, um, you know, Conor McGregor's not just going to fight anybody off the street because no. they think, they think they need to prove that they're, you know, as good or whatever you have yeah. to earn, you have to earn the right to get in the ring with those guys. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it's like the Olympics. You have to earn the right to be able to race that guy, yeah. you know, or gal, whatever. Um, so yeah. <laughs> they do create that separation, right? Like they know I'm going to see you coming years before you get here, you know, yeah. if they're yeah, paying yeah. attention. But, but we're talking like, you know, everyday people, martial arts, it's humbling because of that fact that, that oh, yeah. you know, yeah. any, anybody can be dangerous. Oh, you're, um,
1: you're not wrong at all. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying.
0: There's it a great awesome. scene. Uh, for, speaking of UFC, there's one of the early, um, Shit, what, were they, what are they called? It's like the UFC TV show where they have it's like the game show where they have oh, the people compete. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, UFC champion, so well. whatever.
0: There's yeah. there's one where George St. Pierre was a coach and he brought his uh, Muay Mu- 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 Thai instructor in. And it's this guy from like he lives in Thailand, he's like this little little Irish dude. Nice. Um, and all these like I love it. super ego fighters are in the room, they're like, Yeah, G- GSP is going to bring in this guy or whatever. This guy is half the size. He's got a little pot belly, you know, covered in tattoos. He, he literally showed up drunk. He had like his drink from wherever he was drinking before, got in the ring, proceeded to just hand every single person their ass.
1: That's fantastic. And
0: they were all like, holy shit, who is this guy? I'm like, well, he's been doing it forever, you know, and you underestimated that shit.
1: That's baller. Um, It's a great scene. That's really, I'll have to to Google that. It's a good one that's so one that that reminds me a lot of um just kind of correct me if i'm wrong because obviously i'm not a seasoned uh person in, involved <laughs> with any type of fighting or, or or discipline in that in that realm uh can you hear me okay the wind's picking up oh you're good okay the um don't mess with the sensei type of deal uh, <laughs> because there's you know, obviously i i, I yeah. enjoy the old the old anime shows yeah and and some of and all all of them have a type of fighting in them and every time the sensei starts to get <laughs> challenged like he just whoops on them and then so he, smart i see it in a in real world videos too like there was oh like yeah some uh some drunk dude or some heckler off the street one day came into a boxing gym yeah. and like went toe-to-toe with with mickey with, with uh, uh it was was it mick mick right from rocky 3. Oh and rocky two rocky one I don't 2. Know. was it mick or mickey who was i, I don't uh, mickey was in rocky okay so mickey yeah the old name i think it was mickey yeah yeah so like this this is an old dude who kind of looked like mickey <laughs> Just whooping his ass, Just whooping this dude's ass off the street. Like, yeah. he's like, you don't come in here and you challenge the no. owner, the center, you don't, you don't the challenge fighter. the coach. No, you don't yeah. do that. Like, if you're going to do that, you stick to your guns. Like yeah. and he, he the, the dude even said, like, I'll have more respect for you if I hand you your ass and you keep getting back up. Yeah, I'll give you a free membership. But, no, this guy was like, oh, please stop hitting me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, get the, get the fuck out of here. You don't yeah. come in here. You, you don't come in here and challenge the, 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 the head
0: cheese. So that's a um, I – I don't know if you know this. It's a whole thing. Like uh, I can speak of the karate world because I, that's the world I mostly live in. But yeah. um, back in the 60s and 70s, and I'm sure before there, but uh, it was a thing. So I know you've heard the term McDojo. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the dojo that only teaches the eight-year-olds. Yeah. You know, give them a hundred bucks to get a new belt every month. They just print money. Um, anyway, um, man, there's a lot of those. So back in the sixties and seventies, if you were running one of those schools, some of the teachers sensei's from the other schools who were a little more I don't I don't know what the definition would be, but legit. Mm-hmm. Um, they would come and and check you. They would come and challenge your your karate. Oh no! Make sure you're legit. And if you weren't, they would shut you down really yeah because it's it's like anything i mean crossfit to a certain degree has it but even they don't there's no governing body that says what the curriculum is and what yeah. what is good and what isn't good right and crossfit doesn't tell you that you're a good coach or not you just pay the fee and you coach
1: yeah the population weeds you out though that, it that, will, that's, it that's will over time yeah that's where
0: it is now but i'm talking from a from a you know industry-level, top-down, your franchise. It's not a franchise, right? There's no playbook that says, if you're not doing these, we'll take your franchise away, et cetera. Um, We don't have one in karate either. They don't have one in jujitsu either. Mm. Um, But that's how they used to do it. They would come around and they would test you. So I think some of that stuff that you see in those videos kind of comes from that world. I know that happens in the boxing world, and it definitely happens in the jujitsu world. Um, It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny how that happens. Um, And there are some schools... Uh, you know that we look at now, we're like, man, yeah, I wish it was the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't want to get arrested. So.
1: Well, of course, because I'm pretty sure, like, uh, I- I'm pretty sure you would be able to find, you know, quite a few. Like that's, you know, you referenced the cross the world, you're you're dead on. I mean, it was all about. I mean, you have your level one. You can open up up a gym. Just give mm-hmm. us money. Like that's what it's all been about. And now, thankfully. And I can say this with objective concrete evidence from finishing up my master's degree out there. Like when I was doing my field research for my final project, like the gyms that had the lowest quote unquote quality Mm. in the region, that, that it doesn't, that does include Columbia. And I'm not going to say any names. um, Those gyms are no longer around. They've been weeded out. They are not in existence because the coaching quality based off objective data collection was poor. And mm-hmm. that's not my opinion. Uh, I, I, I refuse. I I'm, a, I'm able to I, I'm I'm able to separate a subjective and objective quality, quantity, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, from from. Like, you know, hmm. yeah, I'm still in the CrossFit world, Gene, but I'm not. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm in I'm in the whole world. To right. Where, if there's something that can be perceived through or observed through a type of objective lens. I'm going to dive right into it and even if it's a subjective lens like i'm gonna dive into it and see what can be dissected objectively and that's another skill that i've developed that i fully give credit to my wife um this past year because it's boy it's excellent it's i i wish i um was a better human being with her earlier in our relationship but (laughs) it's in the past the past can't be changed we just move forward
0: that's right that's how you forgive yourself and move on man
1: that's true and like this, 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 conversation with you today has helped me revisit a lot of that stuff. And I, I was in a shit mood today this morning, and a dude at the pool was talking to me about a buddy of his who is going through his, getting his PhD, which I, you know, I am right now, and mm-hmm. I've been. I, I wouldn't say I've been regretting it, but it's kind of like by the end of it, homeless people will have more money than I will. <laughs> well. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it's, it's, that's a matter of fact type of deal so where like it makes me question like why the fuck am I doing this and then like this this guy randomly started telling me a story of a friend of his and his wife his wife passed away from brain cancer and it was his wife's his wife was pushing uh, her husband to get his PhD he didn't really know why he wanted to do it she didn't really know why he wanted it either but she was supportive of it and like when she died he's like you know I don't know what i'm gonna do and, and this guy talking to me is like well you should probably finish it like you you're, your dying wife's words were, were supportive to you to finish this like mm-hmm. whether you know it's going to come from it or not like even if it's just it. an internal type of grit mm-hmm. like fight for it and it's okay yeah and then now this conversation here with eugene is a carryover as well from all that and it's like this is
0: shit i needed to hear today well good man well i'm I'm sorry and you're welcome.
1: I'm <laughs> no, I'm I'm uh I'm 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 all right now. i love good. I love talking to you and i awesome I, man. I hope the, the listeners can I hope they take something away. You I have mean, a lot to share,
0: friend. That's why I that's why I called uh, you.
1: I don't know about me.
0: I'm about you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll, well we'll brother, we're at an hour. It's usually where we cut it off. Um okay. I, I, I accept your proposal to do several more of these so okay. everybody uh we'll have dan back sooner than later and uh, we'll get some more great insight from a great coach thank you man
1: i, I learned from those who i've coached with in the past and that, <laughs> and that definitely includes yourself
0: i appreciate it. we need to share some of those stories of oh, some hi. of the some of the people and, and instances and things we we did that'd be great all right man for part two